sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Hour number two, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here, Kev. There's so much to discuss, right? College football getting interesting. The NBA is right around the corner. We've got Masters preview in this hour as well. It's Wednesday. We're going to bring in Cam Stewart to talk about the Masters. But, like, we haven't even talked NFL yet today, Kev, and we have a big story. Um, obviously, COVID is everywhere, including in the NFL. And we heard yesterday that there was a, uh, a Steelers player that tested positive for COVID. We now know that that is tight end Vance McDonald. And then the story, you know, the close contacts and the tracing. And uh, Kev, you know who sat next to Vance McDonald? on their plane flight back to Pittsburgh after their win at Dallas. Yep, it was starting quarterback Big Ben Roethlisberger. He has now been put on the COVID list. It's not that he tested positive. It's one of the close contacts. So he mm -hmm. could, with a string of negative tests, still be up for Sunday's tilt. Remember, he's managing, you know, banged up both knees as well. And one thing we now know, Big Ben will not be practicing at least all week. Yeah, and the weird thing about that is he wasn't supposed to practice regardless, I believe. Right, because of the knees, yeah. Um, because of the knee. But one of the things, Dane, that I know you absolutely love to do is sound yeah. the alarm when a game is pulled. Steelers-Bengals has not been pulled. You know what has been pulled? The AFC North division market. Yeah, that makes that sense. That is <laughs> 10 times more interesting. That they're makes like, sense. They're like, here's a line somewhere in the middle of Ben playing and Ben not playing. But they're like, listen, we know that this is really tricky if he doesn't play and people start betting the Ravens. Because if the Steelers were to lose this game, then the Ravens would be a result away from going to first place tiebreaker. They're Which lost they get out of division. Night. Exactly. <laughs> so, go. like, crazy, crazy little shift there that they shut the North Market down. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. Kevin, he is not the only playoff contending quarterback in the AFC North. That's on the COVID list. You know what I mean? Baker Mayfield at least seems to be back practicing. And, I, you know, the NFL even released a couple of things that I think are of note, okay? And wherever you stand on this virus and its path and the narrative around it, cancellations, hoaxes, masks, what have you. The NFL put out yesterday that they had something like 40 or 50 positive tests in their last testing window. Kevin, which was more than double what they have had in any other previous testing window, right? It's almost like we're starting to get immune to this new course of action, right? Like holding the close contacts home, practicing remotely or virtually, this string of five days. This has now become part of the norm, but this is, we are seeing positive tests more and more 
on a lot of teams, right? I mean, it is starting to happen to the point, Kev, where the NFL has acknowledged that if they need more cancellations of what they are calling meaningful games, and, you know, I guess reasonable people could disagree on what is a meaningful game, that they are, in fact, they have ratified playoff expansion, Kev. They are going to go to eight teams on each side if they are compromised a little bit more because of COVID. As we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, thank you for getting, you know, on the grid, getting the edge with us bright and early in the morning on the early line. Kev, what do you think about this? You know, you just talked about playoff tinkering with Lisi in the college football playoff. We saw it happen in the NBA, in Major League Baseball, in the MLS, for goodness sakes, right? This is something that is happening in 2020 as an adjustment for COVID, What do you think about the NFL trying in their own special way to get ahead of this saying if, you know, people are compromised, we'll let in an eighth to try to mitigate any team that has a crazy case of, you know, things not breaking their way. So I have a favorite kind of turn of phrase that I like to use that someone in my life tells me I always use wrong. So I will check with you first to see if I am using it appropriately. What is it? But is this not a catch 22? Because realistically, <laughs> now I'm assuming that you, right, I mean, for people that don't know what the catch-22 is, it's basically, you know, it, you're kind of caught in the middle, right? You're damned if you, you do, you're damned if you don't. Right, this is the thing. The only way we get eight teams is if you cancel a meaningful game. Right. If you cancel a meaningful game, no one's going to be happy because it will massively impact... Yeah. Where someone's playing, who is actually getting in, therefore, no games can be meaningful. Like, that's the situation I feel like we're dealing with here. I can't imagine a world where a game that is canceled is meaningful enough to put an extra team in, but not meaningful enough to make up the the game. Right. And here's the thing, Kev. I agree with you. I see another crazy issue with this as well. Okay, because you've seen the NFL is apt to move it around and not cancel, right? They'll move it to doubleheaders on Monday. They'll move to Tuesday. They don't want to do this. So the way I feel about this is if they actually cross the horizon where they need to cancel a meaningful game, right? then what does that mean about the status of the pandemic in this country, right? Like if they cross the horizon where the NFL like actually has to cancel something like Seahawks Rams or something like that, I think that means very bad things for the NFL getting to the damn finish line in the first place because that means we're in a worse situation pandemic-wise than we are right now. And that'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll start to look at some of these meaningful games of Week 10. When we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kevin trying to figure out what might happen in the NFL as the NFL has acknowledged that the number of positives they're getting with their testing has more than doubled any other window. The NFL is also acknowledging that if, quote-unquote, meaningful games are canceled, and, you know, who knows what that definition is, then mm -hmm. they would, in fact, go to 8-8 eight and eight in each conference to try to preserve the integrity of the playoffs. And this is something we are going to definitely have to watch for. But as we turn our attention to Week 10, there are some, you know, meaningful games quote unquote that I think are very interesting that we should look for and I want to ask Kevin if you bet them now or wait because there's the hook involved Kevin we call it watch for the hook All right, Kev, watch out. Don't get knocked out by that left hook. So I want to ask you about some of these games. And quite frankly, let's just start right now in Pittsburgh. You said that that game has not been taken off the line, right? I mean, off the board. And in Pittsburgh right now, they have the Cincinnati Bengals coming in. What's interesting is I see this as Steelers minus uh, six and a half. It was seven and a half at one point as well. This is going right around the full touchdown, obviously. Obviously, there are questions around Big Ben. Is this something, you know, and I almost want to ask you as a larger question here. You say uh -huh. you like to bet, you know, like five minutes before kickoff generally, right? Yes. There's a lot yeah. of sharps that like to bet early in the week to take advantage of a number, right? How the mm -hmm. hell do you do that in the NFL in 2020 when you don't know about the availability of players? You don't know when the game is going to be played, and it's such a moving target. So in the context of this kind of bet it now or wait with these hook games, how would you treat them in general and then specifically the steelers Bengals tilt? I think in general you have to trust your numbers. If you're that kind of better, beat your number. If COVID does pop up, you have to live with it. That is a reality, but if that's the kind of better you are, and these guys, by the way, who do this, I just want people to know, I wait until a half hour before kickoff because it helps me mentally as a better. I've been doing this, you know, a little bit now. It's when yeah. I am at just my calmest state making bets. It's a personal okay. thing. These people that beat numbers beat numbers, totals by right. touchdowns, okay? They, they hit key numbers all the time on their spreads. There's value in it. Now, in this spot here, had any of them jumped on the bangles, they're already you know, running laps and, and feeling incredible about it. Obviously, the COVID situation changes a lot of things. I'll just say this. We already found out that Big Ben tested negative. Now, sometimes it might take a couple of days for the positive tests to come back, but the expectation is that Big Ben would play in this game. It's not my favorite betting strategy in the world, but if you at home wanted to, you right now could lay six and a half with Pittsburgh, then come back around, hope Big Ben plays. This would, in my opinion, not only get to seven, cross over into seven and a half, if not more, and set yourself up for a middle. Tight, razor-thin margin, no doubt about it. But the downside, let's just say for a $100 player, is 10 bucks. The upside is is getting two units back for a game to land on a touchdown, which in the NFL does happen all the time.
All right, fair enough. So we'll see how we try to play that game. Another very interesting game to me on the schedule in Week 10, Kev, that also fits this kind of watch for the hook. Do you want to bet it now? Do you want to maybe wait? Will it get to, in this case, I believe, the full three if we put them up? And I, I think there's another narrative around this game, and we go back to the NFL draft, right? Remember, in Miami, there were reports like, hey, are we going to take Tua? Ooh, Justin Herbert may be the guy that we like. And those two teams face off and this fits a watch for the hook kind of category right now that game that's taking place in miami with the chargers coming to town the dolphins who by the way are streaking right now like they're will ferrell down a street after doing keg stands um they are two and a half point favorites with the chargers coming in I got to tell you something, Kev. This Miami defense has been strong forcing turnovers and the like to a is undefeated, right? Finding yeah. ways to win. Justin Herbert and the Chargers are finding ways to lose. Do you trust that trend to kind of continue? <laughs> Do you think Tua comes out the gate 3-0 and or... Do the law of averages kind of come to play here and the Chargers can actually get a tight one? Oh, gosh. I mean, so just so everybody knows, a couple of weeks back I said, if you bet the Falcons and lose a heartbreaker, there's no more bad beats. The Chargers... Or in that category, if you have the Chargers they said, last hold week, my beer. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no more bad beats. Okay, that you have to know what you're signing up for. With that being said, our minus one twenty is on the two and a half. This is supposed to get to three, based on the numbers. Okay, the Chargers on the season. The only time as a dog they didn't cover was last week, where they were favored all week, and ultimately it was a one point spread. Let's just call it a pick 'em. Okay. As a dog. They are competitive. They keep it close. Yeah. Eventually, you would think, at some point, somewhere, through, right? some, they have to win a game. Like, they <laughs> right? have to and that, win That's a why game. I asked you about this week. Because then, does Tua actually go out the gate 3-0? and I might take the Chargers here. And if I can mm-hmm. get, like you said, to your point, if you can wait and get the full three, that may yeah. be even more tasty. I might be down to play a little money line charges this week, though. It's got to happen, right? Yeah. They're playing I, well. I, I feel similarly. And I will also make this point when we've, you know, we've had some conversations the past couple of weeks in the NFL about context. And again, as long as you, like myself, believe that we're still adding points for home field here, they're telling you that these are even teams. One is five and three, the other is two and six. That is why the context does matter so much. Because as much as the charge, it's almost laughable. Unless you're a charger, like as long as you're not a charger fan or a consistent charger backer, it is hilarious. Like they are a team that could be right where the Dolphins are. If not, or if not better, not higher. So, realistically, they could be where the the Raiders are. Yeah, these two teams are even. You would hope at some point they figure it out. I think you're spot on. Some money line, some plus three, and it looks like it's going to get to three. It's what it looks like. Okay, and that's what we do here and watch for the hook, right? The context is if we wait, can I get a better number in your opinion? I got one more that I know has sort of um, it, it surprised you. At the start, right, when it came out, we're talking about that NFC North battle that I know yeah. you are intrigued by. That fits our watch for the hook as well. If you look on Monday Night Football, Minnesota and Chicago, this is a um, a home dog situation as well, right? Yeah. Minnesota is coming in, and at last check, it was two 
and a half, right, Mm -hmm. in Chicago on Monday Night Football. I know you think the wrong team is favored here. Are you waiting to try to get more money? Where do you think this may move? Oh, this game is going to give me headaches literally until it is over. Um, But there is something very important about this line. Okay, This game is pretty much the exact reason why you and I do watch for the hook. There's only one spot where a side is plus money on the entire board. And it is the Bears at plus 102 for plus 2.5. What that says is the book does not want to put the Vikings at minus 3. That's clearly the tipping point. They don't want to get That's where they're just... They're just going to, it's going to be exclusively Bears buyback, Bears, 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 Bears. So this is what the number they want to leave it at. They want to leave it at two and a half. They don't want to get to three. So that, see that, and that's kind of this weird thin line, right? Where it's minus 120 How high would they move the VIG? How high would they move the VIG to minus 135 before giving you the three? I don't think 135. I think the highest we've seen is 128. And then they just kind of leave it there. And it would be then plus they give you the half on the two and a half. Yeah. But that's the thing. They clearly don't want to tip. So, oddly, I don't know if it tips. I have, you know, you always just try and look elsewhere. I've seen it elsewhere tip to three. I don't know if it will here at the FanDuel Sportsbook because FanDuel okay. Sportsbook is smart. And they probably, I mean, I don't know. Part of me thinks they might not be happy about the fact that this is two and a half on the Vikings' favor. I just, I won't get over this line until the game is over. We're a week out. It's why watch for the hook exists. But yeah. clearly, the book does not want to go to three. Yep. Think about that also. Philly laying three and a half. Might that fall down to three? Cleveland and Houston is right around three. Also, the Ravens and the Patriots right around seven. Maybe you want to see yes. if that one goes one way or the other. Remember, Cam uh, you know, has a sore neck. We shall see. When we come back, we talk about the Masters in November with our guy Cam Stewart. Come on back after the news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. We got my man, Kevin Walsh, and because it is Masters Week, we ought to talk a little bit with our guy, Cam Stewart. He comes in every Wednesday to talk golf. And, Cam, we've been talking about the Masters for weeks, but it is finally here. So the first thing I want to ask you, though, we talked generically about the difference about it being in November versus April. But now that we're here this week, we know there's going to be some weather involved as well, right, Cam? They're expecting rain kind of most days. Talk to me. What is the impact of that? Does that play well to anybody? Um, Now that we know it's going to be raining. Yeah, I I would say uh, advantage long ball hitters again, guys. Think about it. Rain softens up a course, so guys who hit it long are going to power it out. Advantage Dustin Johnson. Brooks, uh, Kepka, DeChambeau, Rom, all the, it's funny, all the guys at the top, it's an advantage to them. And that's the thing about the Masters. You know, you look for value in a line, you look for, hey, I could really cash in, but 
I hate to say it, there's you know there's less guys that can win this tournament. It's a very very difficult tournament mm. to win, and because being played in November, you know you got the dew in the morning, and then you got and then you got the rain for the first couple of days. It's actually going to be pretty nice though. The temperatures temperatures in Augusta, they're talking like seventy degrees, so it's going to be it's going to be very very nice. But I will say this too. I was doing a, a show in Masters Preview, helping out my buddy Brian Blessing, who's now on the Sports Grid Network, and we talked about it. Though yeah. no patrons, the one defense that they didn't have before might be rough. Think about it. There's nobody walking around the course and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. And the Masters, Stamping and the Masters, down. is a course like they don't want like the maintenance guy to give them cut eye stink guy when he's hey 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 man, watch that blade of grass there, right. Jerry. What the heck are you doing, right? So think about this. There's going to be patches where it could be a lot longer, and there could be you know, deeper rough right. than we've thought because it is not trampled down by patrons. It's not trampled down by everybody working on it because it's going to be right. a pristine course that has not been played because of COVID. So these are things we have to look at, guys. And uh, I think it's advantage to the to the long ball hitters. And, uh, you know, looking at the board, there is a couple value plays on some favorites that we could go over if we like. And I know Kevin's going to be happy because mm -hmm. one, one of his favorite uh, weekly horses is back in the mix, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I'm already excited about it. But I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait before we before we, we rip into that. Let me ask you about, though, you're talking about how no one's going to be there, right? One of yep. the markets, and that's the thing with the Masters, there's so much there, the top debutante market, right? So you're Matt mm -hmm. Wolfs, you're Morikawas. But aside from that market, and if you're interested in it, we can get into it, but yep. do you think the fact that they are going to make their debut at Augusta without fans makes it easier for them now because it might just feel like another golf tournament. I got to tell you guys, you guys are on fire in the morning. It takes me a pot of coffee to wake up, but yeah, no, you guys are sharp and I agree hundred percent. Like, do you really want to make your do at the a debut at the masters when you're already nervous with all the things mm -hmm. that the masters brings? That's the thing. And you have to look at the type of player too. It, it, it takes, it takes certain players out of it. Like tiger woods loves the roar. John Ryan. Yeah, he loves the competition. Dustin Anybody Johnson playing in a be, group with yes, Tiger Woods hates yes, the roar. <laughs> yes, 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 guys. And and know what? Dustin Johnson could be in his bed and play the course. Ho hum, what, right. Paulina? Want me to check the kid? The nanny's <laughs> not here. Okay. Like, you know, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Fans, no fans, whatever. Cantley, another guy who's kind of in his own zone. Like, you know what I mean? He's got a weird kind of routine, a, almost ADD-like, you know, with his setup and how long it takes and stuff. He doesn't need the minute he heard fans roar when he had the lead before he was freaking out. Oh my God, I'm leading the masters double bogey yeah. bogey. You know what I mean? And then he finished <laughs> ninth. So these are things that we have to look at. You have to look at the player's temperament mentality. And I don't, I think it will hurt actually guys, you know, like the fan favorites, Rory, mm. uh, all those guys, tiger, Deschambeau's kind of a different guy though. And I will say this, he's in his own world. Anyway, he wants to prove the world wrong. He wants to say, listen, I'm going to attack Augusta through my angles. I don't care if this ball ends mm -hmm. up in pine straw here or whatever. I'm going to hit it so damn far, I'm going to be going in with wedges. And let me tell you guys, when I did Sportsbook Radio with Blessing, they we went over the holes in the golf. Other guys, when Louis Oosthuizen had that magical uh, albatross, double eagle, uh, mm -hmm. on, the set, on the hole, um, he basically he hit in three iron or four iron, I think Blessing was talking about. DeChambeau, for a second shot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for, a, for a second shot. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. And he was going, DeChambeau is going in 7-8 iron to par 5. <laughs> for anybody that plays golf, that you know, narrows the range seven, of options, eight iron. you know what I'm saying? Is, right. See, see, these are things. So he, he basically yeah. said quickly, he was like saying, guys, this is a par 72. To me, 
My par is sixty-eight. So, but the thing is, his odds have gone. As you guys know, he's one of the co-favorites right now. If I had one pick to win, you know, he'd be it'd be between. I'll, I'll give you the picks a little bit later, but he's one of the guys. But I look at that price. If you don't have any, you know, attachment to anybody right now, and you want, hey, it's still better than a lot of things. Eight to one is better than most tournament. It's but it's a golf tournament. There's other. There's going to be other guys in fact, uh, you know, uh, in the mix. And I will say this: in the Masters, there's always changing storylines. But it's going to feel really weird without the crowd because usually you get that surge on the back nine. It's going to be what crickets? Like you know what I mean? Some guy's going to mm-hmm. go bananas, and you know he's not going to know. <laughs> he's not going to know. Like yeah. you're not going to hear any roars. It's going to be crazy. <clears throat> So, Cam, let me ask you, because first of all, that's absolutely ridiculous, right? Anybody who plays golf knows that you can control the eight iron a lot better than the four iron (laughs) when you're coming in. And so if he sprays his drive a little bit, as long as he's not literally right behind a tree, he should Mm -hmm. be okay. But here's what I want to ask you, because I know Bryson is a big favorite. There's a lot of narrative around him and the way he approaches the golf. I heard, Cam, that he may use, are you ready for this? He may use a 48-inch drive. <laughs> in this one, getting the biggest kind of leverage swing allowable by the PGA Tour. But you've also made the point, Cam, that like the big boys will be here. That's who's going to be at the top yep. of the leaderboard, you know, outside of the Mike Weirs of the world when it's a one off to really win <laughs> this tournament. I got to ask you about some of these guys that are not named Bryson that are right there. And it feels to me, Cam, like you're just not getting the kind of notoriety they deserve. And last I checked, these dudes can hit it far as well. Talk to me about Dustin Johnson at 9-1, to John Rahm at 10-1, to Rory McIlroy at 13 to 1, JT as well. You know, these are guys that may not go, you know, 390 with their drive like Bryson, Mm -hmm. but they can hit it a long way and be coming in with mid to short irons as well. But it seems like. I don't. I, maybe I'm crazy, but it seems like people are forgetting about these other like top five golfers in the world who can bomb it as well. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing, right? Like, when have you seen Rory McIlroy in a major? Like, what well, is nuts to me? Like thirteen to one. What about yeah. Kevin's guy? Brooks Kepka is eighteen to one. Yeah. Does, do, do people not watch? Like, I watched golf last week. I know that most people don't. It's the Houston Open. Who cares? I care. Kepka went 65-65 on the weekend. He finished yeah. top five. You're going to get Kepka at 18 to 1. Double the odds of these other guys now? That's how you bet this stuff. I am taking him. And I will say this, guys. Live betting in this tournament, this is, the pro- this is what we do. We got our friends at FanDuel. We have access to a book. You don't need to take a number at 8 to 1 if you don't have to take a number at 8 to 1. If you want to mm-hmm. wait... Maybe a guy's a few shots back, 12, 14, 15. Basically, the way we used to attack golf is take your long shots early, you know, your 40s and up, and you reload right. on the weekend. This mm. tournament changes that a little bit because I like chalk. And the most guys I'm going to bet, the, the highest odds guy, I might sprinkle on Matthew Fitzpatrick at 65 to 1. Other than that, every other guy is okay. 40 and below. So wow. live betting. Watch out for Saturday and Sunday. The cut line changes too. Remember, guys, not no 10-shot rule this year. You got to be top right. 50 in ties. Yes. So if some guy's blowing somebody away, there's going to be a, a couple other guys see you. I know you've had a nice weekend. You might come back, but you started slow. Rory McElroy has a tendency to start slow. That's one of the reasons why, like when I'm looking at the big boys, I can't take him. I like him as a top 10 backdoor job. And here's the thing. These top 20s, we, we can only take with guys that have a, a lot of value. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. we can't start this stuff at guys in like 10, 12 to 1. I'm not laying minus 200 on guys finishing. So we got to take a little bit of a leap of faith this week, guys. And I think that's the way to attach it. Like, all the top guys, I think, are going to be in the mix. I think very few are not going to do well. Like, I think Justin Thomas is a top 10. I think, right. you know, John Romney should be a top 10. DeChambeau. Yeah. Win the tournament. Dustin Johnson, he's my other horse. Kepka, it's a horse race. It's Kepka, DJ, and DeChambeau. Come in. Down the stretch. You know, who's going who's gonna to finish? And I'll tell you one thing. Brooks Kepka looks like he has a, uh, just from watching the videos, and you saw you guys saw John Rahm's trick shot. Brooks Kepka yeah. looks very, very quietly confident at Augusta this mm. week. And it's it's something, I when I look at the odds boards, if you were to say, what are the two best numbers out there? I would probably say Justin Thomas's number is very good, and Brooks Kepka's is phenomenal. At eighteen to one, you're getting Brooks Kepka double, double all the favorites there. Hey, DeChambeau could go and destroy this course. So be it. Yeah. I don't have to worry about taking him at eight to one. I got him at twenty-eight to one uh, four That'll months work. ago. So you know what I mean, Dane. So I got to look at my stuff yeah. and go, hey, this is what we're doing here. But you know, it, I, I don't think DeChambeau is a bad bet. I just don't yeah. like the number. So yeah. let me ask you something, Cam, because of, of all the golf conversations we've had, maybe the one thing we haven't talked about enough is mm-hmm. how you approach live betting these markets. And yes. I find it, for me, hard to wrap my head around because I don't do it enough, and I know you do. And we might have to mm-hmm. hit the break and expand on it on the other side. Sure, but sure. is trying to figure out when a guy is starting slow and then when you want to get back in. For example, right, if we take Kepka last week at Houston, wasn't the best start, wasn't bad, but it was the weekend, the double 65s, a couple of five unders, right? Mm-hmm. How we try and negotiate, and we probably then will have to take this to the other side, yep. of when yep. to jump in on your guy. When you see a guy struggling and say, cool, yes, now is my time. No, and that is a great point, and we will attack that, Cam, on the other side. If you listen to me all the time on this network, I say not only are we giving you a fish, we are teaching you how to fish, and Cam is going to teach you how to throw that line in and even get in those waters live in-game with the Masters going on in early November. Our guy Cam sticks with us after the break right here on the early line. Let's attack these live markets and make some money. Buffalo and Josh Allen, they get that kind of uh, statement, signature, flag-planting win. Does this change your perception of Buffalo in the kind of rank order in the AFC? It doesn't change my perception. Maybe that's unfair. Look, they did a great job. They got out to an early lead. They lit up this trash can of a defense. Then the good thing for them was, you know, defensively, they made the splash plays. The Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. It is Masters Week, so we're talking about golf. Hey, Cam, you see our guy, Rick likes Bryson DeChambeau. A lot of people do. I know you got him. 
early on, <laughs> right? I know. But you got the value, so that's a little yes. bit different. When we went into the break, though, Kevin was talking about, like, how do you handle this? Are you holding part of your balance back to fire off live? You going with the chalk? Like, how do you play the ebbs and flows, the undulations, not only of Augusta, but of the betting markets here? Yeah, it's really tough. And uh, to answer Kev's question earlier about the live betting, the best way to yeah. do it is, you know what I mean, make a couple bets at the start of the tournament to have. I also would suggest this. Take a first-round leader bet. If you look, usually, mm. especially the chalk guys, take a look at guys that you like in the first round. And there's certain players that play well. Uh, Xander Shifley is a good first-round player. Tony hmm. Finau. All those type of guys because you get bet, you get really good odds on the first round. I find Finau interesting, though. He's 32-1 to to win the tournament, but 31 in the first round. What does the book tell you? That tells you that maybe he's going to be a factor there. But other guys are like 12-1 to and 19-1 to in the first round. To Kevin's question, live attacking. After Friday, you look at the leaderboard. You, at you look at guys, contender, pretender. Have the guys in your head that you like. And then you can go there and hopefully, hopefully, Kev, they're four to six mm -hmm. strokes back. You will get a good number. Also, if you're going to be watching the event, the best way to live bet is holes after the ninth hole. 10, 11, 12, mm. those holes, water holes where danger happens. Remember when Jordan Spieth threw away the tournament when he took that quad? Yeah. That's when Danny Willett won. This guy was like minus 5,000, 50 to 1 to win. Yeah. All of a sudden, man, the guy just choked. And, and, and then you're in. And then you could have a couple guys below him. Like That's the way to do it. Look at holes that give you trouble. And the 10th hole is one that usually has a lot of double bogeys, water holes. Those are the tough holes. Yeah. 10, 11, 12 coming off the back nine. That's when people make their moves. So have guys, a couple guys that you like, and then that's the way to attack it live on those holes because that's where the danger presents itself. Mm. Yeah, it's a reason it's called Amen's Corner. I remember even a few years ago, right? Didn't like Molinari go and Kepka like go in the water back to back? Water, yeah, Molinari. Yeah. Allowing Tiger to become like conservative, right, with his shot off correct, of that. Correct. You know, one of the other ways you can bet the Masters or any golf tournament that I know you like is the matchup plays, Cam. You know, and you yep. just mentioned Tony Finau. I was looking at him up against Bubba Watson, who is someone I know you also like in this. They're both around 30 mm -hmm. to 1. No, no surprise that they are matched up against each other. Do you like anyone in that matchup or another matchup of a guy you like versus a guy maybe you're fading this week? That works for the the matchup markets. Well, guys, I'll tell you. Uh, I know uh, Dane, our boy Kev, likes the three ball matchups. So yes. I'm going to give him a couple. I should have gave you okay. three to be good, but I'll give you a couple. So we're going to start things off with Hideki Matsuyama group ma group matchup betting on Fanduel plus 185. Okay, he has to beat only a few guys. Jordan Spieth, he's in horrible form. Matthew Wolf, mm. he's a debutant. Like, I'm looking at this going, wow, I really like Hideki here. And then you look at Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 240. He's got to mm. beat only a couple other guys there. Like, I'm looking at the, these lists going, and you get plus money to all these guys. That's yeah. that's the way to do it. Tournament matchups. Take a look at this one, guys. So we got group group uh, group betting. That's the one. Mm -hmm. Be very, very careful. Okay, like, what are you going to do in group A? You got DeChambeau, Rom, Dustin Johnson, McElroy. Pass. Those guys Oof. could win this tournament. <laughs> Thomas, Shifley, Kepka, Cantley. It's like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Bubba Watson, Finau, Reed, Tiger, too close. So we start things off with Hideki, plus 185. Tommy Fleetwood's in bad form. Jordan Spieth loves this tournament. He can't. He might not even make the cut. He's playing so bad. And Matthew Wolf has never played before. Mm. Give me Hideki at plus 185. Then we look at the next one. You know, 
I can't believe some of these prices on these guys. Like Matthew Fitzpatrick is plus 240. He has to beat Fowler, Cameron Smith, and Jason Kokrak, who is a debutant. Those those are the matchups that I like. I really like the Hideki one because I don't think Jordan yeah. Spieth, I don't care if he likes Augusta. His, his form's horrible. Matthew Wolf still, you know, he hasn't played this course before in Fleetwood. And that's the Yama. Finished great on the weekend. He was one of the better guys, second at the Houston Open. He's actually trending in the right direction. Uh, that might not be a popular pick, but I think Hideki will get it done. And I love the plus money at almost two to one. And that's my been my favorite thing about all these this golf betting is everything's plus money. It's you have to go out of your way to find minus money. Yep. Like if you want to bet the top, you know, South American at minus six fifty, you can you can do that. But like other than yep. that, there's plus money abound. I will ask you too about my precious three ball market. So, and obviously, for you know, the group betting is right over the course of it. Yep. Three ball is just for tomorrow. Hideki is matched up with Webb Simpson and Mark Leishman. Hideki comes in at plus 120. Leishman's at 340, and Webb is at 155. Is Hideki and Webb too close, or is that another good spot for Hideki to start hot at a nice plus 120 price? I lean Hideki, but I worry about Webb Simpson because he has the game, Kev. He's very, very straight, and he's a guy that I wouldn't mess with. When you're doing those, th- when you're doing those type of bets, you want to get a guy like, you know what I mean, in really bad form or overrated and maybe had a name sure. before. Like, these are tough. Like, that's the thing about golf. Remember, I warned you before when you were doing that bet. I'm like, you're like, who the heck is Tim Heron? I'm like, who, Tim Heron? <laughs> the guy that's bigger than me? He could eat, he beat me at an eating contest. I'm like, no, yeah. but people are like, Oh, I'm just going to easily bet, like, you know, Scotty Scheffler mm-hmm. gains him, click, click, click. Meanwhile, Tim Heron, you know, he's on the senior tour, but it's also his home course. And, you know, little things that you need to know about this stuff that the golf people yeah. know. It's uh, They're not giving away money, but I, I really like to attack it that way. I think Adeki's going to do better than people think, but Kev, that one I would stay away from, but I do like gotcha. the group matchup uh, betting. For sure. All right, Cam. Listen, I got to ask you this. We have been now talking about previewing the Masters for over 20 minutes. And we have not brought up the defending champion of the Masters. Oh, yeah. And his name happens to be Tiger Woods. Okay. Right. Like, we haven't brought him up yet. I know he's not in the best form. I know he geeks up for these kind of tournaments because it's only about the majors. I see him all the way down at 47 to 1. I'm not going to throw any shekels on that. But to your point, I can find plus money with Tiger at plus 150 to finish in the top 20 is that something you'd be down to give a try like what do you expect out of el tigre this week i expect tiger to be better than people think but not just there you know what i mean like mm-hmm. kind of what you said so Dane Hubbard, right right around 20? the 20 to 25 mark if you're getting plus money i don't have a problem with the bet plus here's 150 the for him in the top 20 yeah it's not it's not bad it's not bad but here's the thing tiger woods that, we don't know. Like the guy, the guy loves the Masters, and I told you guys this mm-hmm. before. He could play it blindfolded, right? So maybe he has a good weekend. Maybe he has good vibes. I don't know. He could still play. That's the one thing about Augusta. He knows this course really, really well. Yeah. So it doesn't matter even if he's not in top form. So I don't think he's going to win, Dane. I really worry about these younger guys and their length and the way they're trying to carve because they right. haven't changed Augusta that much. That's the problem, and we're going to see something this year. For so, so first for Tiger. I don't mind the bet. I don't love it, Dane, but I think he could be hovering around the 20 mark. If Bryson DeChambeau and these guys just carve up this course, we have a big meeting in the golf world. What are we going to do with this guy? Because you can't tell him, hey, we make the equipment. You can't hit the gym. You can't. No, 
He did this. He he made his body right. better. The equipment. Don't hate the player. Longer. Hate the game. My old driver. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what are you guys going to do about it? You know what you're going to do? You're going to let rough grow. You're going to have more hazards. You have to penalize these people if they want to. If yeah. you want to carve fifty yards off a hole or try to do that stuff, you have to have more peril there and dangers mm. and, and and guys yeah. risking taking penalty strokes. That's the way it's got to be. Because if he rips his course up, it's going to be interesting. We're going to be taking him like every single week. So uh, the. It's actually interesting. This is going to be a test this week. Golf versus mm. science. And right now, science it. seems to be winning if you look at the tote board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? uh, before we get to the six-pack, Cam, one yeah. more market. AK, the Tony Finau special, also known as the round yeah. one leader. The only guy who has shorter odds to lead after round one than win a tournament every time. Good old Tony. Yeah. Are there any yeah, guys Tony. that stand out? Big Bryson's yeah, at 14 to 1. Tony's at 29 to 1. Yeah. Brooks is 20. Who jumps out in round one leaderboard markets? Yeah, let's have a little bit of fun with this one because uh, I love the first round leaderboard. Um, actually, I like Tony Finau at 29 to 1, a notorious hot starter. I would also mm -hmm. look at one other guy, Scotty Scheffler at 45 to 1. Didn't play his best mm -hmm. golf over the weekend. He's also a debutante, but he has a tendency to go really low. So if you're looking for a little bit of value here, I would play. Finau, Scheffler, and another guy that tends to do really, really well out of the gate. You know what? Why not uh, Shane Lowry, the Irish Bear? He's a guy yeah. that, uh, you know, he's not going to be afraid. Fred, the friendly bear, he'll go around there and, and play well. He's one of those guys, he's just, you know, he won the Open Championship, and he doesn't really get the respect he deserves because people talk about Rory McIlroy and, oh, Tommy Fleetwood and his hair. Shane Lowry is actually more consistent and better than a lot of these guys. You just don't hear about him because he doesn't say much. Hmm. Hey, Cam, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and you can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. Crack open Good a six-pack for us. Who you like I'd this week? I'd love to, Dane. Yeah, no, I got other shows to do. Or, man, I'll tell you, Master's Day, I, we just uh, open up bar, Thanks. Kevin Walsh style, down in the basement. We're going to start things yes. off. Brooks Kepka, that's what we're going to do, Kev. This one's for you, buddy. Brooks Kepka, 18 to 1. I got to take it. Last week, we talked about it. 65 65. There's a sparkle in his eye this week. And on FanDuel, that is a great price for a world class player. If you don't even now win, all I can tell you is this. Every time he's in a major, he finishes top 10. We're going to sprinkle at 32 to 1. Patrick Cantley, sorry, I forgot a guy. Got to go in order. Patrick Cantley, 25 to 1. No crowds, boring, no roars. Perfect. That's the way Cantley likes it. Nice, bland, and boring at 25 to 1. <laughs> Bubba Watson at 30 to 1. A left-hander's paradise. He's won twice. AKA, take a look at my buddy, Mike Weir. Left-handers do well. Watson in good form, 30. If you like two guys at uh, better odds, Jason Day, if he doesn't get vertigo, I like it at 40 to 1. And Matthew Fitzpatrick, hello, cheerio, a spot of tea, one for the Brits. We'll go with F Matthew Fitzpatrick at 65 to 1. Premier League soccer, then golf. Let's rock. I love Watch this. I got one more crazy market for you before I let it go. You have to go out of your way to find minus money. Top lefty, Bubba Watson, minus 210. It's either him or Phil, unless you think it's Mike Weir or, you know, Lynn. Would you lay minus 210 for top lefty? Pink driver. I would. Parlay it. Parlay it if you can, Kev. There we go. All right. I love it. Thank you so much, as always, for spending some time with us. We'll see you next week. It won't be Masters, but there'll still be some edges to have here on the grid. Hope you enjoy Masters week, Kev. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, Kim. We'll wrap up this show when we come back right after this here on The Early Line.
betonline.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, kid, everybody, right here onto the early line, Dane and Kevin. And, Kev, what a show. Look at all the things that are going on right now that we're talking about. Even in the break, we're talking about how the NBA news is going to start coming fast and furious. And I know you will certainly be on top of it. It's Masters Week, for goodness sake. So we thank our guy, Cam Stewart, for spending some time with us. The quarterback of the last undefeated team in the NFL is on the COVID list, and we don't know if he's going to be up this Sunday. That is obviously big news as it goes down. There is buzz in the NBA. There's college <laughs> football going crazy. And we think our guy Joe Lisi as well. I know you're going to be on tonight. And one of the things you'll be talking about is the Maction going on. We started our show with the Maction. Let's end it. Yeah. We got, um, I know we got Toledo and Western Michigan as one of the big yeah. games in the MAC tonight. Um, that or any of the other games, what are you looking for in the MAC tonight? Are you riding and tailing mid-major, Matt? I did yesterday, and my balance is uh, more than it was last night. Which is why we bring uh, Triple M on the show. Now, he had a lead right. towards Western Michigan, uh, a watch for the hook, if you will. Two and a half right now is right. minus 120. Looks like this thing will cre- uh, creep up to three. Western Michigan oddly getting a boost from their performance against the Zips, maybe. They beat that team 58-13, and we're like, oh, wow, same old Akron. Akron hung around last night against Mm. the Bobcats of Ohio more than we would have expected here. Toledo, they beat Bowling Green 38-3. Kent State hung 64 on them, but also gave up 24 I don't know whether to make heads or tails of that, but whenever mid-major Matt says he likes a team, you always want to be interested. And I'll also let folks know, uh, we were talking a little bit to Joe Lisi in between uh, segments, and he said he's rolling with Northern Illinois tonight against Central Michigan. And that's a number that is up to 9.5 on the Northern Illinois side. That's been climbing, climbing, climbing. Maybe it gets to 10, and tell you this, I'd much rather be on the same side as Joe Lisi than on the other one. Absolutely. I will trust these guys with our college football. That's why we bring in our friends of the show all across the sports landscape to give you the edge on sports grid. You know where I need the edge, though, Kev? I need John Rom to teach me how to skip a ball across a pond three times and then go right into the cup. If you haven't seen that yet, please do so. Tomorrow at this time, there will be guys on the Masters course for real and we'll be here to cover it for my guy. Kevin Walsh, everybody behind the scenes. I am Dane Martinez. Another edition of the early line in the books. I'm coming after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.